you've arrived at Earth 919. Hello and welcome to another episode of Earth 919, a comic book podcast for number one reviews and comic book news. I'm your host, Matt. With me today is a special guest host returning. We we dug we dug through the pocket lint. We got all the way to the bottom of the pocket. We found him. He's still there. Still uh looks like he hasn't eaten for a while, but uh we've got Willie here. Hey, hey everyone. And that that's what? I wasn't sure if I had to say more. <laughs> As you could tell, he's been in isolation for quite some time now. His he's looking <laughs> scraggly, the beard down to his knees. Uh, but we'll get him cleaned up and back out and uh, uh, normalized to no- to uh, normal people. Uh, but today we are talking about a trade, and this is 2008's Eternals. So this was a Willie suggestion. There will be no news this week, uh, but we're going to be talking about Eternals. So, um, Willie, what? Uh, I guess we could start off with you. What what kind of drew you to the book? Why did you pick this book? This this was your choice. Uh, well, what drew me to this particular book, and I this was something I read a long time ago. I don't know how many years ago, but I went through the period where I just absorbed everything Marvel and DC, and then after that, I just kind of got tired. And so, I think what attracted me to this title was it was just not your regular. Uh, list of characters and so I, th- I think that was what uh brought me to the this title and combined with the 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 cover art i think those two uh was what did it for me yeah i, I um i don't really remember i remember when this book came out this was probably at my peak of uh of reading um this is this came out in 2008 um it, right, right around the time where Secret War was in the middle of going on. Um, this book came out three months after the release of Iron Man the movie, so the MCU just start, just kicked off. Um, but this was something that I kind of missed. Uh, I think I saw it and just I didn't even know what to make of it. And I passed on this one. And now that these characters have been announced by Kevin Feige as being part of the movie universe going forward, a big part of the movie universe going forward... And uh, it was something that it's it's actually kind of funny the the creation of these characters. We can get into some of that later on, but um, you know this is this book in particular was the second in two years uh, as part of a the first revival that they had in like thirty years. Um, so they were trying to do yeah, something with yeah. these, and who knows what really was the thought process why they were building these characters up um because we do see iron man and iron man's profile had been raised pretty significantly at this point um so maybe they were trying to get them ready and then it didn't pan out but this is kind of a nice thing as you were saying earlier is it's 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 away from everything it's not mainline mcu um and this is also pre corporate synergy with everything at marvel which i love so you want to yeah, so it's go ahead. it's well. There's well, there's two things I like about the Eternals. Like one is, um, like I mentioned before, that it's not the typical people that you read about. Um, the ones that are, that are in the spotlight, but at the same time, they've been around for so long, mm-hmm. like within the Marvel mythos, that actually they're intertwined with a lot of different like uh, stories out there in the Marvel universe. And I don't know if you were going to get to it, but 
the, the history of the Eternals has ties all the way up to Thanos. So I, I won't talk anymore to that because I don't know if you're going to talk no, about let's, that. No, let's do it. Let's talk really, about it. I mean, they have a hand in everything. Um, well, wait, are we are we just gonna talk about it now? Well, or yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna, <laughs> how does this, I was gonna how briefly does this work. <laughs> I was gonna talk briefly about uh, their creation. Jack Kirby created them, and you'll notice if you, yeah, if, yeah. Why don't you do that? Then, if yeah. we, uh, if you have ever read any of Jack Kirby's work, you've inevitably come across the New Gods. Um, this was almost a Kingdom Come to Earth X style. Uh, Marvel saying we want that too. Um, so there's a lot of similarities in stylings and uh, just the scale of the Eternals, Celestials, and the New Gods, and the Old Gods, and that whole thing. Um, but yeah, Jack created these. He left for DC, uh, I think, in the 70s. Uh, created the New Gods that got canceled before it was even finished. He came back over to Marvel, created the Eternals, and then that got canceled before it even got finished. So. Um, Unfortunately, Jack didn't get to see uh, what a lot of his creations would go on to become. But um, this is another one of those that they're kind of the first that tied in um, or did did a lot of legwork to explain some of the uh, foundations of the Marvel Universe, how people had superpowers, and uh, introduced us to the Celestials, which are things that have been hinted at specifically in Guardians of the Galaxy and the MCU. Um, but Willie, you were going to say they've been in everything. Why don't you go ahead and expand on that? Yeah, and then before I I mention that, have you been reading? Um, I've seen pictures of it. Um, but basically, they've turned the Celestials. They they did the same. They're it looks like they're doing the same thing with the Celestials as they did with Galactus, in that they took this supposed to be like really high level, fearsome entity in the universe and just jobbed it. Like I think in one of the Avengers or what have you, didn't they turn one of the Celestials into their base? Like, is it the Avengers? But anyways, I, oh, I remember the Black no, Panther. There's like this... Tr- nowhere. Nowhere. In- the Black Panther has his own team, and it has Brew, it has Dr. Nemesis, and their base is inside a Celestial. And they, and what they've done is like, some of it is they've 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 connected their computers to its brain or something, so now they can scan every single thing. Like, it's like a supercomputer. Yeah, they um, in the Guardians of the Galaxy, they uh, nowhere is a like kind of like a um, yeah that it's that's like a most that's a separate though that's like oh, okay right that's yeah the, that's that's okay. like the, it takes place in now this is something real fresh that's happening right now like do you have do you have any idea what I'm talking about no. when I say like the Black Panther has its own team no but I yeah I I forgot who's writing it but yeah but he's somebody's writing writing this and they've basically taken a bunch of like odd people to create a new Avengers team and. The claim is like this is now, it's your typical BS type stuff. It's like this iteration of the Avengers is the most powerful, which is by n- no way true because they had that one Avengers team with like Thor, like Odin Force Thor. They had um, who's that? Not Supreme, but the guy who they had basically a bunch of like heavy heavy hitters. So, anyways, I'm, I'm digressing now. But um, going back to what you're asking me before about the Eternals, uh, they really do have. Uh, their their touch on everything like so you have first off you have like a lot of different kinds of Eternals you have the Earth Eternals so the Celestials came to Earth and they created the Eternals and Deviants as a result of them just messing with the human race and then you had like inner Eternal Strife where some of them branched off and went into space and those became the Uranium Eternals hmm. and then like I think 
they had their own little battle between themselves or something like that, and then they broke off again, and they became like what the Saturn Eternals. And one of those offshoots, one of those Eternals, is the lineage that Thanos comes from. So there's the Eternals have like ties in everything, like in terms of who they've influenced and such. Sorry, I was distracted by reading about this uh, this celestial thing that you were talking about. Are you, uh, are you hanging out on Wikipedia? No, I'm just reading a story. Because, yeah, this is back in September. They, uh, yeah, they fully, like, almost hollowed it out and used it for, for their own oh, means. It's just BS. I'm, I hate it when they do that. They take well-established uh, properties and they just use them to build build up a new title with, with no regard of, like, what's been set before. There's this idea that like human level earth level mutants can like do this to a celestial which is supposed to be like way up there. Oh yeah, it's no just, they're supposed I, to be just ridiculous. end all be all. And so I guess we should um get into a little bit about the book and then we can kind of talk about how these are going to be incorporated into uh into the MCU which is ultimately the plan from my understanding. Um, mm-hmm. So the first six issues uh, are written by uh, Daniel and Charles Knopf, uh, father and son team. Uh, they're TV writers. You might know them from doing some uh, Spartacus Blood and Sand. They did a little bit on, um, I'm trying to think of some of the HBO shows they did. They did some early HBO shows. Um, and art is by Daniel Acuna. And that's really all the credits I could find. Did you find any other credits or have you seen anything else, Willie? For the first six... It's probably because you didn't finish it, but the first... I Once again, my count is off, but essentially this particular um, arc has two pieces. One, which was uh, drawn by Daniel Cunha, mm-hmm. and then it's it, it becomes finished off by Marco Djurjevic. I'm reading, trying to read his name off. Um, so that those would be the only thing to mention in terms of credits. Okay. Uh, so this yeah. story is not really interested in... Uh, telling the origin, uh, not so much holding your hand. I w- would you say? Would you agree with that, Willie? I don't know about that. I think it tries to do a reset because um, so in uh, I don't know how much to, to reveal. And well, I'll just get into it and then I'll see what happens. Oh well, we should just say spo- <laughs> but, um, spoilers for this book. I mean, hopefully, okay. hopefully you read it. Well, it's not going to spoil too much about it, but there's this, there's a few exchanges that happen in the book. Whether that's for the readers or whether the intent is to reboot what's been set before, where they they go over the history of the Eternals again, and I think that process is a little bit different at that time in two thousand six or eight or I don't know I forgot what you said but two thousand eight when when they released it I think that was slightly different than what was said before, so so I think there is some intent I mean it has its broader story but then as sort of a side project I think it either fixes some things or reboots some things. That's my guess, though. I'm, I'm not really too sure. Because I, I know that they've tried to define the Eternals a few times, sort of like why they're here, what their power set is, and what's their relationship with the Celestials. Yeah, so this book is really primarily concerned with showing you who these people are, um, give you the brief rundown of the Deviants, the Eternals, the Celestials, and how those all kind of tie together. Um, and then from there, it kind of takes off into the story as a whole. So I thought maybe really what was your kind of initial thoughts going into the book? Um, what likes, dislikes? I mean, you can go specific or not. 
Uh, yeah. Um, things. So, like I mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, like I really like the art. Uh, for me, um, more so the more so than the than the story itself. I think I I always value the art above everything else, and so that's what really caught my eye. Like the work that Daniel Cunha did on this was amazing, and that's that that's what really helped me enjoy the story. In addition to, of course, having a really great story, um, but. Uh, well, now I just, <laughs> this is why I don't have a podcast. I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> what did you ask me again? I, the general thoughts of the book. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, no, I, I, I liked it. I, I think it did a great job of, I thought it did a great job of just balancing, um, just having a story of its own and also helping the reader understand who they're reading about. So you had, of course, the exchange between Makari and uh, the Dreaming Celestial. And their exchange was always sort of to serve twofold. One is to sort of explain why the, the Dreaming Celestial was there and what his purpose was on Earth. Because at the time, this was beyond... So the Dreaming Celestial who's standing in San Francisco, it wasn't just like within the Eternals storyline. This was actually something that was hitting all the different titles. So this was actually bigger than the Eternals storyline itself. And then you had the other storyline of just... Uh, what is it, Icarus trying to find the other guys and trying to bring them back from amnesia. Mm-hmm. So um, so I, I think it did a great job of like just holding your hand in terms of like trying to understand why you should care about these people and also the, the magnitude of of who the Celestial is and, and what he's doing here and and what's at stake because they also reveal that that there's this this horde coming. Well, well there's this there's this outcome that's coming based on whatever the streaming celestial deems is 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 the outcome so or the fulcrum i guess whatever the fulcrum deems um but essentially if if things go bad for earth then it's going to be annihilated and if things go well for earth i think they still get annihilated but it just depends on who does it like it's either celestials do it or the horde does it but um i think the the hordes well we can get into that a little bit too but the uh the horde is supposed to be almost the manifestation of the celestials doing wiping them out the horde is the means to um reset everything so i guess okay so maybe we should break this down you've got celestials at the top of the food chain these are like god god beings who created everything and they create they go to these worlds and they take i think it's a third of the population willie maybe half i i don't remember i don't remember if they there was a number to it, but you might be right. Yeah, and they so they take a portion of the population, and they turn half of them into celestials. So they empower them. They're like regular humans, but they're like superheroes. They're like uh, demigods. And then you have um, deviants, which are like monsters, like literal monsters. And what they do is they leave the world to its own devices, and as time goes on, they'll come back. They'll revisit. And they'll see who, what has taken hold greater, deviants or or celestials. And then if it's deviants, I think they'll go ahead and wipe the planet out, and they'll start all over again. And if it's celestials, I think they just let it continue. Am I understanding that correctly? Uh, other than the small, small uh, detail of it's, if it's Eternals that rule it, that's the thing I forgot. Like I, what you said previously was correct. Like if the deviants are the ruling race. The horde will destroy it, mm-hmm. but if it's the Eternals, 
I, I forgot if there's a consequence to that as well. Yeah. So, so, so now here we are <laughs> caught up and they, so the story, I guess I should talk a little bit about my kind of thoughts going into this. This thing's complicated, <laughs> like really complicated. <laughs> and this is the first reboot in 30 years for these characters. And it, or aside from the 2006 books, which this is kind of almost a reboot of that reboot. Um, but this is a really complicated book and we you know we cover number ones every single week or most weeks and it's kind of like is your story compelling enough to keep me going and i was thinking the entire time i was reading this if i had read just the first issue i would have been out like i just it's so hard to it's so dense (laughs) and i pushed through obviously and kept going and I think it was probably about book three. The book really, it dawned on me that this is really, this is, uh, how did I put it? It's, it's like half of half documentary, like with, um, like a Ken Burns documentary where they're talking about how this thing and this thing happened, but it's also like a Greek drama. (laughs) And when I kind of understood, when I kind of set that in my mind, that's when I was able to enjoy it because it was, it's really this very like melodramatic everybody all these people the eternal speak in these great platitudes and uh, i could actually enjoy it because i understood the world i was in i kind of sunk into everything and it helps that the art is incredibly gorgeous it's like a cell shade kind of thing i mean i don't know if you know the technical term for what he uh yeah yeah i i don't know but it's, it's really soft it's uh, that's the, that's the best way I could describe it. I think you and Ian have always been better at describing art and giving credit to that. It, but the best way I can ex- describe it is just a lot of soft colors. Yeah, and I think that probably had it been different art, um, it it would not have held me as long as it did for the story. I think the art really kind of was what kept kept got me through the first couple issues, and then the story kind of for me caught up with that, and then I was able to enjoy it more. Um, but man, I, you know, I didn't feel like this book holds your hand at all. <laughs> I still, when I got at the end, I mean, it took me forever. Cause I had to like sit there after I was done reading a couple of the books and be like, okay, so this is for this and this is for this and this is, and like, I had to work it out of my head how it was all intertwined. <laughs> uh, but basically they're just gods that have been around for the longest time. And it's, it's funny that you mentioned that if you put it in your mind as like a Greek tragedy, it's part of their uh, history is. So, so in the Marvel universe, you you do have the Greek gods. They they are their own pantheon, and then you have the Eternals. And actually, the Eternals' relationship with the Greek gods is their base was like sort of in between those portals or something. Mm-hmm. So that for the longest time, they pretended to be the Greek gods at some point. Oh, really? So, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's um, yeah, we could talk about some of the similarities here in a bit, but uh, to some other Marvel universe characters, um, but. Once, once I got a handle on that, I really enjoyed the book. Um, so yeah, it's, but you didn't finish it though, right? No. Well, I got the first six issues, which was the first trade, and then they did one, two, three issues, which were the Manifest Destiny. That's what I didn't get to. Is that the one where, when you're talking about X Men, is that when? Yeah, that's when it um, changes artists. Finally, Icarus is. Yeah. It, it, and it, and and that changed to Marco Marco D. Um, because I can't pronounce his last name. I think that's that's a good example of how the art makes or breaks it for for some people because if this was 
illustrated by Marco D from the beginning, I don't think I I would have been interested. I, I think that the art by Acuna really just helps a lot with with everything. Yes, it did. And then in its um Yeah. Yeah, he really kind of shouldered a lot of the burden here and made it bearable. I think they yeah. did the best they can, but the problem is with these characters, they're so the history is so dense. I, I it's almost like they they have to wipe the slate clean to a certain extent. But, you know, they've they haven't even been in the Marvel universe, like not even the comic books for the past like 10 years essentially. I think this book got canceled. Uh... This book got canceled in 09. Yeah, they they come and go. It, if they if not in their own title, but um, they might serve as like extras. Mm. So you have um, you have some other internals who have served on other teams, like the Mighty Avengers. Uh, I think that's the Saturn U- Eternal, and then of course you have like Thanos, who's Eternal, and his brother Star Fox, and they they appear here and there. But if you're talking about like their own titles, yeah, they haven't been around f- for that long. Yeah, which is kind of surprising because. Marvel really was pushing um what's his butt the what's their butt for a while um Inhumans Inhumans Yeah and then yeah. they well that fell apart I I don't think so I don't know too much about what's going on with Marvel I think you obviously know a lot more but I don't think the Eternals work works that way um because I I th- I think what when I think of I mean if it's true when I think of them trying to make Eternals a mainstream thing I think of them basically just trying to, to diversify their portfolio like okay we, we've already juiced all the major names why don't we bring in some no-namers um but but the eternals like i mean the way they work is that they sort of work behind the scenes and they're not really meant to be like a mainstream type of of line and and you just look at like their power set you look at their story it's by nature they're it's just not very interesting so it's i don't know how much success they're gonna find Probably not much. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So you want to talk a little bit about the story here, about what happens in this book? If you yeah, can remember. I, I totally forgot if this is if this is a continuation because I could have sworn that there was another trade back where they went through the same thing where they sort of were all and you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and say that most likely this is the continuation of another one because um they they did the same premise too, where it's like they they didn't realize who they were, and then they woke up, uh, and then now that I think of it, that's Thor. <laughs> Thor did almost the exact same. Is that Thor? Yeah, Thor did the exact same storyline after. Oh no 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 no! But they did. Uh, I'm as I'm speaking now. I I remember it a little bit more clear. It ends the the other one that I was talking about ends with only Icarus and Cersei and like the beginning people. They they wake up from it so. Maybe that's that's why it's kind of confusing because I think this is a continuation of a previous trade back, or a, a previous like arc, I guess. But but yeah, I mean you're right. Thor did the same thing too. It's. Um, you want to um, do you want to fill in the story on this one? Yeah, I'll, I'll try, and then you can help fill in the, the gaps sure. because uh, I tend to get lost in my own thoughts, <laughs> <laughs> like a like a dog or something. But um, but essentially you've got two storylines going on in this this whole uh this whole arc one is you've got a few of the eternals so um without spoiling i guess the previous book for whatever reason the eternals these godlike beings they've had their memories erased and they live on earth as like normal human beings and some of them have regained their memories uh, by whatever means and now 
they are trying to sort of reawaken the brothers and sisters because not only is it important for them to do so because the Eternals are supposed to be a defense for Earth, but also because there's sort of like this internal conflict within the Eternals for leadership. Um, so this is driven by Drew. I forgot his name, Druig Drug, or something, but Drug. he's Drug. Yeah, but he's essentially another Eternal who wants to be boss, and so he's sort of recruiting all the. So for every Eternal that you wake up, you can either bring them. You you can sort of reboot their old memories, or you can sort of give them sort of new. You can sort of skew their memory to to whatever you want it to be. So, um, so what Drug is doing in his bid for leadership is he's reawakening all all the Eternals who are still sleeping. Uh, as like these other people and convincing them that he's like their leader um so that's one storyline just basically them trying to reawaken all their their friends and going back to the old status quo of defending earth and the shadows and then you have the other one which involves cersei and mockery which are two other internals and it's about them sort of working with the dreamy celestial who's who's just been standing there. he is like the celestial that appeared in san francisco and he's just standing like nobody knows why he's there but they understand who he is and sort of like how important he is and it's sort of about like diving into that mystery of of his purpose um so without spoiling anything that's i think that's really the gist of it just like what's going on with this dream of celestial and what's going on with the eternals themselves and then there's of course like this this other threat that comes much later on in the story yeah so again this goes back into this is a very dense book um so it's a little hard to follow for me uh, the first go around um, of who was doing what and what was going on. Um, but I think that probably the most compelling storyline was the, um, what's his name? Makari? Makarari? Yeah, the guy who speaks with the Celestial. Yeah, I thought he had probably the most interesting storyline because he's getting basically the rundown of this is what the Celestials are. Because th- that was the interesting thing was the internals don't even fully know what the Celestials were doing. And the, like the Eternals are like Superman level power set, you know, somebody who could probably go toe to toe with like Thor or whatever and have no problem. Yeah, they should be. So one thing to, to remember is they all have the same power set. Like they were all genetically engineered to be the same, except some of them chose to sort of focus on one mm-hmm. or the other. But they essentially have the same power set and they should all theoretically be able to do the same things if given enough time. It just so happens that some of them have decided to focus on certain traits. So it seems like they have different power sets. But in theory, they, they all have different ones. Or they all have the same ones, same powers. So, they yeah, so they're all... And on top of that, they're all Thor level or Superman level, to give you an idea. Yeah. So I, I thought that that was the most interesting storyline. I wasn't too interested in the... Uh, what we were seeing with... Um, the reawakenings and stuff. The reawakening stuff. That was kind of just more, to me, just drama for drama's sake to kind of heighten um everything else that was going on but uh what else do we have going on really i mean we've got druid trying to get the trying to take control of get all the celestials you've got um icarus what's her butt trying to also do the same thing ajax what was going on with ajax okay so historically so when the celestials so so there's really not much of a, a relationship between... Hold on. I, I don't know why my screen died. But oh, okay. So 
I don't know if there really is much of a relationship between Celestials and Eternals because the Celestials came and they made these people and, and that's it. Like They're not necessarily buddy-buddy. Mm-hmm. But Ajax... Boy, there's a... <laughs> yeah, a lot happened in this. Okay, so Aj- the Celestials, they can't communicate with people normally because they're at such a high... They're on a different plane of existence and they're just at such a high level. Mm-hmm. And historically, when they do speak to the Eternals that they have placed on Earth... They speak through one person, mm-hmm. and that person used to be Ajax. Mm. Now, this dreaming celestial who has appeared in San Francisco, he has decided to speak through mockery, which, which is why Ajax, oh. throughout the story, you, you discover is like so angry because he feel, he's feel, he feels betrayed. Like his sole purpose in life, in a way, is to serve as the mouthpiece for the celestials. And now he's not. And so to okay. finally, yeah, and and to go through that, he just that's why he, there's sort of like this kind of third story in there really? about why he feels slighted and why he ends up trying to kill mockery um so 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 there's so there's that um but there's actually another storyline that goes on which is it's you you don't just learn about the celestials but you also learn about this particular celestial because this dreaming celestial in San Francisco is not like the other celestials he's in a way he's sort of like a mutant within that species of, of beings, much like Groot is a mutant among his tree people species. Mm-hmm. And that's why they that's why they turned on him and sort of buried him on Earth. So um, that's that's another storyline that they explore because he sort of develops sentience um, because they all follow like this really strict logic pattern. But then because he sort of starts becoming like, he starts developing free will, uh, the other celestials turn on him and then they bury him in on Earth. And that's that's what that's what you you learn in his communication in his uh, conversations with Utah the Watcher, so. Oh, okay. That yeah, that makes sense because I I couldn't. So what was yeah. I mean, kind of go back to Ajax. What, what was confusing me was he was like, "Don't don't go to Druid first. Go to me when you find Gilgamesh, who is another celestial that they're looking for, or Eternal that they're looking for." But then, I thought. But then when he sees, when Gilgamesh wakes up, he shows him the nightmare vision of Icarus and, um, I forget the girl, the female's name, the, the, the woman that was with Icarus. Cersei or something or, or Thena. Yeah. Oh, Thena, Thena. That's right. And he shows him that. So I was like, what, what is, where's this guy coming from? So I guess this is, that's what I was saying. It's kind of, it's not a full reboot because they don't really, they don't go from scratch, which is maybe might've helped us a little bit, but I think overall, once this started, once it really started going, especially when all the kind of story lines are coming to a head, um, where you've got, I'm, I'm going to butcher his name again. Who's the guy that runs fast? Makari? Uh, Makari. Makari. Yeah, Makari. I don't know how to pronounce it yet. Um, is like racing to save his girlfriend and they've, the Eternal is got the death toll. So he's like lulling. I, I thought that was really cool too. The Celestials have that. It's like a song that lulls all the humans to sleep while they just eradicate everybody. And I, I love that the little tiny bits of the Marvel universe, but I, um, where you see like Spider-Man, he just falls down on the hood of the car and, um, get a little bit of Tony Stark too, which, you know, his movie just came out. So we got to pump it, put, put him in there. I don't know what you think about those MC, uh, cameos. I, no, I was, I was fine with it. I, I, once again, I, I think, they 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 just further illustrate how, how how important the Eternals' role on Earth is, uh, 
in terms of protecting the people of earth so i yeah i, I was i was fine with it like it makes sense because really their their major the stuff that they face is is stuff that that hits everyone so when the eternal is like you're saying when it starts to sing that song um and it, and it, you see everyone who's been affected it it falls in line with sort of the scope of their job and, and who they're trying to protect, which is everyone, not just a particular mm-hmm. subsect of Earth or, or a certain country, but just everyone involved. So so I, I thought it was cool, yeah. So who 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 really stood out to you as a character um, for this story? I mean, to be honest, like really, uh, well, okay, the Celestial itself, because um, mm. you, it was it's an interesting idea, Um that you've seen played out in other other settings just the the development of free will um so so for me it was this the celestial just learning more about like like why the other celestials forsake him uh and then sort of his development of like of like whether he whether he's he's wrong or whether he or whether what he's becoming is is something that that's something for good Mm -hmm. so so for me it was the celestials like something you touched upon previously, like the Eternals themselves aren't really too interesting of, of, of a character. So, so yeah, I, without rambling too much, it's just Celestials. Yeah. I'd say mockery is probably my favorite. Um, he just was really compelling. Just he's kind of your vehicle to see all this stuff and under as he's understanding, um, and just the sacrifice that he makes and all that jazz. I really like that. Um, I really didn't feel like I was very, I, we got very much, um, uh, there wasn't a lot of layers to any of the other, e- uh, Eternals, uh, except for, um, gosh, dang it. What's his, uh, what's his name? Druig. You got a little bit there, but like yeah. Icarus and stuff, they were kind of just, I don't know. It could have been like a, kind of felt like superior or something or supreme or is it superior the best way i think of like clark kent mm -hmm. for the marvel universe yeah i mean the best way i the way i think of the eternals are they're basically just really good watchdogs they they don't really they're not meant to have like their their sole purpose is just to serve keep the earth safe and also sort of work in some conjunction with the celestial so there's not there's just not much there to develop um so so yeah that makes sense to me like drew being one of the few that sort of realizes that their 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 purpose in life is just really mundane and just not really ideal and wanting to like break out of it so you know i guess so yeah i I, sorry good no i was gonna say this kind of this no no i no willie just shut up (laughs) you shut up how dare you shut up i am a guest on this show how dare you No longer. Um, no, I was going to say, this dovetails kind of into what, how do you kind of feel like these characters will fit into the Marvel Universe? What do you think kind of where they could slime in? Because I was, I don't, I, I, I frankly don't know because they've, they've done kind of the, so technology, so futuristic, it looks like magic. They've done the God level powers. They've done the Celestials. I just don't know. I kind of wonder where they're going to fit. Because it seems like Thor already kind of fills they, this. They do no, that yeah, Thor I think fills that archetype, and even then, like Thor's moved so so far beyond this the archetype of like super powerful beings that that came from old times. So they're 
if if you want to go down this this storyline of just trying to modernize themselves, like the thing with the Eternals, they've always been modern. So they there is you can't even go from that angle of of ancient beings with a lot of power trying to figure out where they fit in today's world because they've always been in today's world. Like like they know what's going on. So I don't think trying to build a franchise off the Eternals is going to work. Like 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 we mentioned before, they don't really have an exciting backstory. And yeah, I guess you can focus on the fact that they all focus on one power, but unless you job them, like I don't see what kind of threats can really interest them. Mm-hmm. Like, the, not much, not many people are a threat to them. They're just so powerful. So I, I don't think there's much there, other than a name for people to sort of focus on. But I, I can't imagine them building seasons of I don't know whatever a show or, or a comic line. It's just I don't think people would be interested in this in this property i think what we're probably going to get is iron i i don't know if people forget but iron man was so different by the time that they from the character that they put on the screen and it, not too much but i mean it but it was very dissimilar i should say and they kind of took advantage of that fact and they kind of made it whatever they wanted to and now you have a totally different Iron Man than the books. And I mean, he still is a man in an iron suit that never changed, but I wonder if they're going to do that with these characters because they're so unknown because it's been about 10 years since these characters have been on screen or I mean, in a, in so, a major, book. but why, but why the Eternals then you can do that. There's so many other teams well, I don't... that don't have exposures with, with deeper hi- history or mythos that you can build a series or, excuse me, or a movie off of. They, they could. I Like, why not the West Coast Avengers? Why not the Mighty Avengers? Or I don't know. I think they want to expand the cosmic yeah. universe. And that's a... The Eternals would be a good way to do that. And... Well, here's the thing. Depending on the reboot, the Eternals can't explore space. By nature of their design, they, they can only... Well, they can only stay within the solar system, but most of the time, I think they stay on Earth. Oh, really? Okay. Another thing I didn't know about them. Yeah, I just don't know where they're going to fit I in. I mean, if you want to do cosmic, you can do... Are we talking about... I mean, if you were talking about movie, you have Annihilation Wave, which is huge, but it's a little bit pretty... It requires you to know a lot. Um, yeah, they got a lot of... You can always do to... Guardians of the Galaxy, but you have the movie already. You can do a show on that. Uh, you could also do, I mean, X-Men in Space, where you explore the Shi'ar Empire. Um, so, I mean, they have just so many other options, I think, that the Eternals should... I don't know. I think that whatever they do, it's probably not going to be any. It's probably going to be quite different from the uh, the comic books, at least right now. Okay, that's all I could say. That's all I can say. <laughs> you just chill. <laughs> just right. calm well, down. God. I, if they do it, if they do it, it's they're just throwing their money away. I mean, they could just <laughs> give it to me. You just I could give them my Venmo account, and they could just give it straight to me. Give you the money. So, um. But the one thing you missed, though, that that I wanted to mention that I really liked Here was we that go. despite despite their eternal internal squabbles, the Eternals at the end of the day still understand their purpose on Earth. And so there's this one scene where it's this is like the climax of the whole series where the Horde is coming, and they're they have made the decision that okay, Earth is not Earth is going to be destroyed, so we're going to go in and destroy it. And amongst this, like. While this is all happening, the Eternals are still fighting among themselves. This is like the climax of the the internal Eternals sort of civil war. And they're also fighting with the Mm X-Men. Like as soon as they see the the Horde, 
they just stop everything like it it what they're doing between themselves is inconsequential they recognize that okay what we're doing here is it it's second it's second to our first priority which is protecting earth and i just thought that that was a really cool defining moment for the celestials which is in line with how they're characterized where they just drop everything they drop all their all their their hate for each other and go okay let's form the unimind let's control the celestial and let's fight against the horde which i thought was a really cool Hmm. moment you know this makes me realize i gotta get more into cosmic marvel because i am woefully you read annihilation wave right Uh -uh. you did not no oh boy that is a huge or uh what was the one that you read at my house a couple years ago that you read in like a weekend or like a day it was it had down oh infinity i read it wasn't infinity that doesn't sound familiar what is infinity about it was just thanos i don't know i i didn't read it you read it and then i gave up (laughs) Hmm. i don't i don't remember well, you know... Speaking of Thanos, did you see their new release? They're trying to uh, flesh out the Thanos and Gamora relationship. No. They've got a new number one coming out, I think. Oh, God. I'm just so out of Marvel. I just... I think it's a bad idea. I think sometimes for certain characters, it is better to be less than more. Yeah. Yeah, and the more you try to sort of define what makes a person badass can sometimes turn around and hit you in the ass because there's just so much expectations surrounding that character that you'll never be able to please people. And just even trying to will put you in a worse place off than not saying anything. Hmm. So I think that's what they're running into with this, what they're going to run into with this new reboot. So there's like, there's just a lot of things out there ready with Thanos. There's no need to oh, ev- flesh every out every single anymore. aspect of his life. Cause that's what they have to do. Yeah. Cause he's a name brand now. Yeah. You know, he has a son, right? Uh huh. Got a wife too, doesn't he? Yeah. I don't know about a wife, but everybody's got a wife. Oh, who really. knows? Just because you're lonely. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that kind of dovetails. I, I've used that word a lot, but that's what I'm going to go with. Uh, into the last, second to last segment of the show, which is what we've been into. Willie, am I hitting you completely unprepared, or do you have anything you've been reading? Uh, I normally read on a weekly basis just uh, some Japanese comics. Mm. Um, in terms of American comics... Um, oh, we're not good enough for your Japanese comics? Well, no. It's just the the release schedule is different. So American comics, I think they release, what, every two weeks or something or once a month? Mm, yeah. And Japanese release at least every week. So the, sh- the stories are shorter, so you have to be a little bit more involved to keep track of what's going on. So that's that's just why. Like every week, I naturally follow a few, few, uh, few titles. Um, whereas with American ones, I can sometimes forget about it because the release is a little bit more sparse. So then I just forget, and then before I know, it's just completely off my radar. But um, with the Japanese comics, really nothing, nothing new. I've been following uh, the Seven Sins still, trying to finish that up, um, and also One Piece. So One Piece, Seven Sins. I think those are the two main ones. Hunter Hunter's been on absence, so I'll, I'll just stick with those three before uh, before you fall asleep. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, I have endeavored on something that I now consider to be a bit foolish, um, but I had almost forgotten about my library subscription or membership, and quickly remembered that I could that they 
library system around where I live is amazing, and they always have really up-to-date trades, and that I'm behind on, like, a ton of books. So I went ahead and I reserved, like, 50 books. Not, like, 50 books. I reserved 50 books. And um, I'm slowly cranking away through them. Got seven down since Wednesday. Uh, mostly caught up through Star Wars. I've got some amazing Spider-Man in there that I've got to read. I never finished the whole Carnage Goblin thing or whatever, so I'm catching up on that. Uh, Black Hammer, finally reading the second trade of that. I'm trying to think what else. I've got the... Have you been reading the... Which which Star Wars are you reading? The, the mainline. Vader, or are you reading Dr. Aphra? I, I, finished, I finished Vader. It was amazing. Never read Dr. Aphra, but right now I'm reading the main storyline. The main Jason Aaron Star yeah. Wars, which has been actually pretty good, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Got the entire, all 12 issues or all 12 trades of The Six Gun, which I'm going to be going through. And then I, oh, I started with some Thor. I started reading uh, The Mighty Thor with Jane Foster, the first trade of that. So I'm going to be getting into that. Uh, got Unworthy Thor, which I'm going to be getting into that. I just read Axis, which was terrible, in my opinion. Um, so I'm just catching up. Oh, and I got all Batmans. You've got a, I mean, if you're gonna touch Thor, they there was this one run with him and um, Ribich, Isaac Ribich. Um, that might not be his name, but it's something Ribich. The one where, I I feel like it's it's are you talking a about standalone Asad story? Uh, that's right. Yeah, Assad. That's right. Okay. Um, but the one where he goes off, there's some there's something in the universe killing off gods mm. specifically. And so he gets pulled into that. Do you does that does that sound familiar it does. to you? Well, his art on a Thor book remind, does sound familiar. I'm actually probably going to look that up because he like that's that's a really good run. That's that's a, it's just really neat. It's this interesting look into different gods. And I mean, if that's something that you like to like, that has always been my my Achilles heel. I like to I like fun stories about like gods versus each other, which is why I like the nightmare arc back with. Uh, I forgot where it was, but it was Marvel. And basically, like this Thor, God of it, Thunder. What does it scroll in? Yeah. Anyways, I don't want to keep rambling on. But. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. So I got a lot of read to do. So, um. Anyways, yeah. with that said, Willie, where could people find you online if they want to see your boring life? <laughs> uh, I have stuff, but I haven't updated in years. No, that's not true. Maybe in months, but um, I mean, there's there's nowhere you could find me. You don't. <laughs> What I do is none of your business. <laughs> so you can go suck a penny you or are something. You so defensive. <laughs> you're from like, There's no you're way like, you find guys, me. guys, yeah. don't worry where you can find me. Mind your own business. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Earth919Pod. You can reach us uh, at Earth919Pod at gmail.com i believe is the website or the email address uh ian's better at this he remembers um next week we have we three uh with me and ian will be covering and then after that we'll be getting back into our normal regular everyday scheduled programming so thanks for listening and have a great week bye 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 bye